All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn to the New Testament book of 2 John. 2 John. I'm going to read the first three verses and then get right into the message here this morning. 2 John, verses 1 through 3. Let's all stand together, if you would, as soon as you find 2 John. If your neighbor does not have a Bible... Please allow them to look on with you if you would. 2 John, verses 1 through 3. The elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to be in church this morning. We thank you, Lord, for each one that's here. And we ask God that you would visit with us. We pray, Father, that your, your, your presence and your power would be, would be known in this place today. We pray that as the Word of God is preached and brought forth, that it would do the work that it's intended to do in each and every one of our hearts. May our hearts be fertile ground. May we, may we have uh, an, an attitude, Lord, that says, Father, if you speak to me this morning, I'll respond to you. And we ask God that you would do just that, that you would meet needs and that God uh, be a blessing to us through your word, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look with me, particularly at verse 3. Verse 3 says, Grace be with you and mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the, of the Father in truth and love. Uh, he, he talks about right out, right out of the box, he talks about, talks about grace and mercy, two of the, the greatest needs that I believe that we have uh, as just as individuals is to have God's grace and God's mercy. And notice what he says at the end of the verse. He says, he says grace and mercy and then also peace. We're going to look at the, the grace and the mercy. Uh, and then down at the end of the, the verse it says, in truth and love. A grace and mercy are always shown by God within the parameters of truth and love. There's a, a lot of... Uh, actions that people call grace, and there's a lot of actions that people call mercy that really are neither one, simply because they don't fit into the parameters of truth and love. And always notice what comes first. The truth comes first, and then the love. It's important that, uh, that we, that we uh, understand that truth is of utmost importance. The Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, number one, doctrine. And what, the, what is that? Well, that's just the truth of the word of God. Now, there's a difference between mercy and there's a difference between grace. Mercy and grace are not the same. And oftentimes you hear people using them interchangeably, but they're not the same. Grace is God giving us the strength and the power and the blessings and the resources to accomplish the will of God, and we don't deserve any of them, as there's nothing that we do to 
earn them. There's nothing that we do to deserve, deserve that grace and that power and that, the, the resources and the blessing. It's, it's just something that, that God gives to us. And then mercy is God withholding the judgment that we do deserve. So grace is God giving us blessings that we don't deserve, and, and mercy is God uh, withholding the judgment that we do deserve. Now, in, in each of these cases, there's two kinds of grace and there's two kinds of mercy. There is saving grace that we get the moment that we trust Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And then there is living grace that God gives to us on a day-by-day -day basis. Let's look at the saving grace first. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And look down in verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works, uh, lest any man should boast. Um, it makes it real clear there that, that uh, in order to get saved and in order to have your sins forgiven, you have to come to God and you have to come to God and receive his grace. It's not, again, it's not something we earn. It's not something that we work for. It's something that God just gives to us. And, and saving grace is necessary for a person to have their sins forgiven. It's just simply coming to God, understanding that you are a sinner. And that, and that because of your sins, you deserve something for your sin. You deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. And the only way that we can, we can possibly go to heaven is for God to forgive us all our sins. He doesn't forgive us our sins because of anything we have done. He forgives us our sins because of what he has done for us. And what he did for us was he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And in him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And the Bible says that he died on Calvary's cross. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And he did all that for the forgiveness of our sins. So that's, that's saving grace. It's not of works. It's not anything that we can do. All we simply need to do is just simply call out to him and ask him for, for the grace and the mercy that we, that we need in order to have forgiveness of sins. And then, then there's not only the saving grace, that's where it starts, but that's certainly by no means where it ends. Then God gives us living grace. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, look with me down in verse 10. 1 Peter 5, 10 says, But the God of all grace, now he's speaking to saved people, he's speaking to folks that have gone through some troubles, have gone through some difficulties, gone through some persecutions. He says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. He says, listen, you're going to have troubles, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have trials. 
in, in order to make it through those troubles and trials, you need the grace of God. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your own strength. You can only do it by God's grace. And that's, that's living grace. The resources that God gives us every single day in order to live for him. And then we'll take a look at mercy. What's mercy? Well, take, take your Bibles and turn with me over to Psalm 103. There's two kinds of mercy. There's saving mercy and there's living mercy. Over at Psalms 103, Psalms 103, and look with me, look with me beginning in verse 8. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And all God's people said, <laughs> boy, we ought to say a hearty amen to that. Uh, it's because of his mercies that uh, we can have forgiveness of sins. Verse 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, as the Lord pitieth, uh, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. You know what he knows? He knows we can't get forgiveness on our own. He knows we can't get rid of our own sin. He knows that the only way that we can, we can possibly get our sins forgiven is to come to him and come to him for mercy. And praise the Lord, when you do that, then when you die, you do not get what you deserve. You know, I, was, I went up to somebody this morning and I said, how you doing this morning? And he says, well, I'm doing better than I deserve. Yeah, amen. I'm glad I've got it better than I deserve. I don't want even that much, really, of what I deserve. Uh, because if I got what I deserved, I'd die and I'd go to hell for all eternity. You say, well, then you're just bragging on yourself. Oh, no, 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 not bragging on me at all. I'm bragging on Jesus. It's because of Jesus Christ that, that, uh, that I have mercy. It's nothing that I have done other than just believing on him and what he has done for me, that's, that's saving, that's a, a saving mercy. Then turn with me over to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations, right after the book of Jeremiah, if you're looking. Lamentations, chapter 3. And I absolutely love these two verses. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. It says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And once again, all God's people said, hey, you know, praise the Lord. He'd have every right in the world to just absolutely consume us. But it's because of his mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. His compassions and his mercies are linked. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And that, that just tells me that every single morning, God does not give me leftover mercy. He gives me fresh mercy. And throughout the entire day, 
God shows mercy to you and God shows mercy to me. And we ought to be thankful for that mercy. Now take, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And honestly, I'm, I'm giving you this morning a lot of verses that have turned into some of my favorite verses in Scripture. And this, these two are our two favorites. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And what that's talking about, who that's talking about, is Jesus Christ. Because he came to this earth, he became flesh, he experienced what you and I experience. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Not just because he's God, but he's actually experienced those things. He says, we have, and not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore... Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The throne is called the throne of grace. And God says, as we come to that throne of grace, we can, we can find mercy and grace at the throne and we can find it in time of need. Uh, every single day we need mercy. Every single day. We need God's grace in order to get through, and we need to recognize that. Good illustration of the need of mercy and grace is back in the Old Testament book of Esther. We've stud we studied the book of Esther on, a, on a, a series of Wednesday nights some time ago. And uh, Esther's an unusual book. And one of the reasons why it's so unusual is that the name of God is not mentioned one time in the book of Esther. And yet you find God's mercy and you find God's grace all the way through the book of Esther. I, I heard it explained this way. You, 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 you have no specific mention of God in the book of Esther, but you see his footprints all the way through the book. And that's so, so very true. You really do. You see the footprints of God. And Esther's people, Esther ended up becoming, becoming queen. King Ahaz years took, took her to wife. And then a fellow by the name of Haman, who was just a nasty dude uh, and, and really stuck on himself, decided that uh, uh, he wanted to get rid of the Jews. And, and partly it was because of Mordecai, because he would not bow down, he would not worship him. And so, so what he did was he, he uh, told the king that uh, uh, we need to get rid of a group of people that were a threat to him, that were detrimental to the country. And the, the king said, fine, we'll do that. Well, what he didn't know, it was the Jewish people. And what he didn't know was that his own wife, Esther, was a Jew. And, uh, and, and so uh, he went ahead and made a decree and uh, when he made that decree, Mordecai found out about it, told Esther, and then told Esther, said, you've been brought, perhaps you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. She made an appeal to her husband, just to make a long story short, Haman got, got hung. But what, what the nation of Israel, what the, what the Jewish people uh, received because of that whole story was they received mercy and they received grace. They received mercy. 
uh, they were to be spared. But they were to be spared only because they got grace. And grace was the strength that they, they, they had uh, in order to be able to combat and fight those people when they attacked them. That's something, those are two things that we desperately need every single day. We need mercy and we need grace. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And sometimes we get so caught up with the, the, the things of this life. Uh, over in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul warned Timothy. He said, said a good soldier is not entangled in the things of this life. It is easy to get entangled. And when we get entangled, it sucks our time and it sucks our desire. And it, it, it just takes everything out of us. And, and because of that, because that, that temptation is always there and that possibility is always there, we need to, we need to, to hit the reset button oftentimes and just be reminded of how necessary it is for us to come to God for his strength for us to come to God for his resources on a day-by-day -day basis, for us to come to God for his mercy and how that he shows his mercy to us over and over and over again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look down with me if you would, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse, verse 10. Paul said this, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. He's saying, listen, I am what I am by the grace of God. Uh, God saved him on the Damascus Road. And, and, uh, and, and that was the point that he gave him saving grace. And he saved Paul's soul. But then he also recognized that after that, every single day, he had to have the strength of God. He had to have the, the wisdom of God. He had to have the resources of God in order to live for him. And he says, listen, he says, when that grace was given to me, it was not given in vain. Let me ask you something. Have you ever asked yourself, did God pour his grace upon me in vain? Now, what I mean by that is, I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about after you got saved, what have you done with his grace? Is his grace something that you, that you appropriate every day so that you can live for him, so you can minister for him? That's exactly what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, he, says, he said that the whole reason why I was able to do the things that I was able to do was because of the grace of God. Look down, look down at the end of the verse. It says, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Now that sounds like bragging, but it's not bragging because he's saying the only reason why I could labor more abundantly because, was because God allowed me to. God gave me that grace. It says, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He's saying the only reason why I was able to do those things was because God gave me the grace to do it. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12 is the account of 
God shown Paul a vision, and then after the vision, so that he wouldn't get prideful, he, um, he humbled him. And he humbled him by giving him a thorn in the flesh. It was a messenger of Satan to be a thorn in his flesh. And uh, he asked the Lord three times to remove that thorn from him. And after the third time, God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for thee. Now look down in verse, in chapter, uh, chapter 12, look down in verse 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. This is after he asked three times to have it removed. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, according to that verse, what, what grace is, grace is strength. Grace is power. You don't have in yourself the strength to live for God today. You don't have within yourself, what I mean by that is with your own strength and your own power, you don't have what it takes to live for God. I like what, a, what a, I heard a fella uh, say one time. He said, he said, living for the Lord, living for lo the Lord and living a godly life is, 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 is not hard. It's not hard at all. It's absolutely impossible. <laughs> and you know what? That's exactly true. It is if you subtract the grace of God. You cannot do it without his grace, without his power, and without his help. Without his help. Um, no, notice in verse 9, he says in the last part of the verse, most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, you know, when I'm going through trouble, when I'm going through difficulty, he said, if you don't remove those difficulties, then obviously, God, what you are doing every time is you're giving me the grace to get through those difficulties. You're giving me the grace. You're giving me the strength. You're giving me the power to be able to handle those problems and those difficulties. So what he saw, and, you know, I, I've always thought that that's a, it's a, a, a strange way to put it. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory. He says, I'll gladly glory. <laughs> I'll gladly glory. He says, he says listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the infirmities that I have. Now, listen, you can't, you can't in and of yourself get excited about all the negative stuff that happens to you unless you see God in it unless you see God's strength and God's power more because of the infirmities than you would have had without the infirmities. You know, um, one, one, for me it was dramatic, one dramatic time that I, that I really saw God intervene in my, my personal, and there's been a lot of times, but there's one that comes to my mind. Back years ago, I don't know, it was probably 14, 15, 16 years ago, I had back surgery. I never had surgery before in my life. And uh, I went under a knife, and it was, it was serious stuff. Well, I came before, before our church, and I asked folks to pray. And, and uh, folks did, and I know they did. And uh, uh, I, I, could, I could, you know, and I'm not one of these touchy-feely, 
uh, kind of fellas, but I could feel the grace of God in my life. I could experience. I experienced it. Um, uh, I I recovered quicker than what the doctor thought. In fact, he had to give me permission before I could go to to. This is back when uh, the same year that Jared and Kristen were getting married, and uh, I had to get permission from the doctor to make the trip. And we went into the doctor's office, and he says, stand up. And I stood up, and he says, walk over there. And I walked over there, and he says, walk back, walk back. And he <laughs> looked at Debbie, and he said, is he putting on, or is this real? And she said, no, no, this, this, is, this, is, this is real. And he looked at me, and, and he, he proclaimed the fact that it was obvious that I had experienced divine intervention. <laughs> Now, this is a lost guy, a lost doctor, looking at me, telling me, you've experienced divine intervention. What is that? That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. Well, you know, I look back at that, at that situation and that circumstance and say, wow, Lord, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad I had back surgery. I'm kind of glad I was put out for a while. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't enjoy the pain when it first hit, but... Uh, I'm, I'm thankful because I could see the power of God. Here's the truth of the matter. That power is present in your life every single day. And it is necessary, whether it's a, a, one of those huge big needs that you see, or whether it's just an everyday need that we have, we need the grace of God in our lives. And we need to see God in our lives Providing that grace. Go to James chapter 4. Right after the book of Hebrews, the book of James. James chapter 4. And look down at verse 6 says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. How do you get grace? You get grace by being humble before God. You get grace by understanding how needy you really are and going to God and asking him to provide your need. We need to be humble. Uh, you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that when I'm easily ticked off at somebody or something, I'm not very humble. I've noticed that whenever I get angry, I've lost my humility. When, whenever I think that I have personally really accomplished something, I've lost my humility. And the Bible says that, that he resisteth the proud. I don't want to go head-to-head -head with God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I don't want that. Why? Because we always lose. <laughs> always lose. And you say, yeah, well, you lose against God. Not only that, you lose the blessings. Use the bl you lose the blessings. There are plenty of blessings if we just be humble before him. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me over to the book of Hebrews. Just back up a little bit. Hebrews 12. And it talks about grace in Hebrews 12 and verse 15. God has used this verse over and over and over again in my life. Proverbs, or Hebrews 
chapter 12 and verse 15. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. That, that's a scary thought when you look at it. It's a scary warning. He says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. It's possible to fail of his grace. Now, that's not talking about losing your salvation or anything like that. Here's what it's talking about. With every situation that comes into your life, God gives you the grace to handle it. You have this, if you're, if you're saved, now if you're not saved, you don't have it. But if you're saved, you have the grace. If you're saved, you have the resources. If you're saved, you have the strength. You have the, you have the desire and you have the, the will that God has put in you to do his will. You have that, but we can fail of it. And what that just simply means is this. God's holding it out to you, and you don't take it because you can't take it. Why? Well, because he said back there that, that God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And in this particular case, he's talking about, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. One of the things that can rob us of the grace of God is, is bitterness. But just understand, generally speaking, we can fail of his grace. God never fails us, but we can fail of the grace of God. In other words, that, that power and that strength is there every time. Drop down to verse 28, same chapter, verse 28. He says, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, the, the, in, in, in order to, to serve God acceptably, acceptably, you've got to have grace. Without grace, you can't, you can't be accepted before God in your service. Um, you know, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, without grace, it's impossible to serve him. We can't serve God acceptably unless we have grace. And we have to have, we have, to have two attitudes in order to get that grace. We've got to have reverence and we've got to have fear. We've got to have a, a respect and a reverence for God and then we have to have a fear of God. And, and there's no acceptable service without his grace. Uh, and you, accept, you access that grace by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. That's the way we get saved. That's the way we walk on a day-by-day -day basis. Understanding that God's grace is always there for us. Then the second thing that we need every single day, there's not a day that goes by that you don't need this. You need his mercy. Go with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And again, you'll see how these, these two things, both grace and mercy, kind of dovetail because the requirements for receiving them are, are similar and sometimes spot on the same. Uh, Psalm 103. 
And look down in verse 11. Psalm 103, 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, the more we fear the Lord, the more we'll understand his mercy toward us. Um, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 18. Back up just a little bit. You're in Psalm 103, go to Psalm 18. In Psalm 18, look down in verse 25. Well, you're not going to... Uh, I'm in Job. Let's go over to Psalms. Psalm 18... And down in verse 25, it says, With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. And with an upright man thou wilt show, thy, thou wilt show thyself upright. Um, it just simply says there that mercy is given to those that are merciful. As we show mercy to others, God gives mercy to us. We need to understand, and I, and I really think that this is a, a big part of it, the reason why we don't understand and why we don't give mercy to other people oftentimes is because we fail to see how merciful God is, has been to us. The more we see God's mercy toward us, the easier it is to be able to show it to other people. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Go to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Matthew, chapter 18. I'm going to read a rather lengthy passage because I think it just, the Word of God does a better job than I do. And uh, it's necessary for us to, to be able to see the, the whole story here. In Matthew chapter 18, and beginning in verse 21, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and Peter in, in particular, and says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall thy brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times. And he, I'm sure he thought he was pretty gracious by saying seven times. Verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king. So he's saying, listen, this, this business of forgiveness is attached to this parable. And in, in uh, verse uh, uh, 23, it says, Therefore, as is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had in payment to be made. So he was in debt so bad, he was getting ready to be, be sold into servanthood. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. Now notice, he didn't ask for mercy. He asked for patience. And I will pay thee all. In other words, just give me more time. Look how the... How the the master responded, verse 27, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And that's where mercy comes from. Mercy comes from compassion. If, if uh, you're lacking mercy to others, you're also lacking compassion. And, and loosed him 
and forgave him the debt. Now, he didn't ask for forgiveness. He asked for time. But, God, but, but the, the, the Lord said, listen, I'll tell you what. I'll give you mercy and I'll forgive you of the debt. It says, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. And his servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and, and told, un, told unto their, their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called, called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Now what was the, what was the situation? Well, mercy was withdrawn from this man because he failed to see the mercy that was given to him in the first place. He asked for time, and instead he got complete forgiveness. He got mercy. But he really didn't recognize that mercy. He didn't really appreciate the mercy that he received. And because of that, when someone else asked, asked him for the same thing with a, with a whole lot less debt, he immediately jumped on it. You ever find yourself immediately jumping on people? You ever find yourself snapping at folks and biting off their heads or maybe not, not, not giving somebody the benefit of the doubt? Can I tell you what that comes from? We forget that we're recipients of great mercy. God has been merciful. You know, the Bible says that he remembereth that we are dust. <laughs> In other words, I know what you're made out of. God says, I know your frailties. And because of that, he's merciful to us. Boy, in return, we, we not only need mercy on a day-by-day -day basis and need to, need to recognize it. You know, over in the book of Psalms, it talk, talks about the fact that daily God loads us with benefits. He loadeth us with, doesn't say he just trickles them down. He loads them upon us, loads them upon us. You know what I believe? Two of those big benefits are, they're mercy and grace. God gives us mercy every single day. That's why I can say with absolute, complete confidence, how are you doing today, preacher? I'm doing better than I deserve because <laughs> I know what I deserve. And God shows his mercy. And then God shows his grace. He gives you the power so that you can serve him. Two questions I have for you. Number one this morning, have you received that mercy and have you received that grace in salvation? Are you absolutely positive that if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ? Because you've come to a point in your life where you realize you're a sinner, 
You're on your way to hell. You're crying out to God for mercy and believing on his death, his burial, and his resurrection. You trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, and, and he gave you eternal life. That's saving mercy. That's saving grace. And secondly, if you are saved, are you appropriating that grace daily? Are you in the position, in a position of, of being humble before God so that he can give you that grace? Uh, or have you failed? Of the, I, I tell you, that, that phrase, failed, of the grace of God, is one of the, one of the most, most uh, uh, sad phrases in all of Scripture. Here, here's people that, that have the grace of God offered to them on a day-by-day -day basis, and they fail of the grace of God. And then mercy. You know, do you, do you find yourself, first of all, appreciating every single day? I mean, there really there should not be a day go by when you and I don't just thank God for how merciful he's been to us and how good he's been to us. And then how, how quickly do you dispense that mercy to others? Two things that, that we absolutely have to have in order to serve God, and that's grace and mercy. Now, in closing, take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and Titus chapter 1. And when I say we're almost to the end, we really are almost to the end, okay? I'm not going to go another 20 minutes like somebody else. Anyway. <laughs> And I don't say that despairingly, disparagingly. Man, I had a good time this last week. That was, that was a blessing. I learned a lot. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and Titus chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1, look in verse 2. It says, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Oftentimes when Paul greeted people, he greeted them with grace and mercy. Go with me over to the book of Titus, chapter 1, and verse 4. It says, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Now you say, preacher, I noticed in all these, these situations that there's not just two things, there's three. There's grace, there's mercy, and there's peace. Why haven't you mentioned the peace? Because you know what? When the grace and the mercy are active in your life, the peace is a byproduct. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have the peace that passes all understanding. But why do you have that peace? Because you've appropriated the grace and you've appropriated the mercy. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, are you saved? Do you know for sure today? Are you absolutely positive where you sit? That if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. Can you look back to a time when you trusted Jesus Christ and him alone as your savior? You look back to a time when you realize you were lost and heading for a godless hell. And you called out to God for mercy. And he showed you both those things. He showed you grace because he gave you heaven. And he showed you mercy because 
He took you out of the pits of hell. And you know that for sure, that because of what Christ has done for you, that you have eternal life. I wonder if you might just raise your hand up in the air as a testimony of that fact. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven because I'm trusting Christ as Savior. All right, thank you. Put your hands down. How many of you would be just as honest and say, Pastor, I don't know that for sure. And I'm, honestly, I'm concerned about it. Oh, here's my hand. Would you pray for me? I won't, I won't point you out. I, I'll just simply recognize that your hand's in the air. But uh, I'd like, like that privilege. Anyone like that? Say, Pastor, here's, here's my hand. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm saved. All right, thank you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? I'm not sure I'm saved. I, I don't know for sure if I die and I go to heaven. All right, you're here this morning and, and you are saved. Two things. Number one, do you daily recognize the grace and the mercy that God gives you every single day. That, like I said, I believe that's a big part of the fact that he loadeth us with benefits. Those benefits are mercy and grace. And then secondly, are you in the place where you can appropriate that grace and that mercy? And thirdly, do you dispense it to others? Now, you know how I can tell usually in my own life whether or not I have appropriated that grace is if I am properly dispensing it to others. And if I'm not, then there's a problem. It doesn't make any difference what you're going through right now. God always has the mercy and he always has the grace to get, to get us through. God's just dealt with your heart about something in this message having to do with mercy and grace. And just by an uplifted hand, you, you just say, Pastor, just pray for me. God's spoken to my heart. All right, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay, and that one there. Anyone else? Say, God's spoken to my heart. Thank you. I see that one. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, there have been many hands that have been raised this morning. There was one that was raised for salvation. And uh, Lord, we pray for that one. We pray, Lord, that you'd help them to see that they have a Savior who loved them so much that you went to the cross for them. You died, you bore their sins in your own body on the tree. And I pray that today would be the day that they would trust you and you alone as Savior. I pray, Father, as the invitation is given, that that person and whoever else might be here this morning, whether their hands went up or not, they've not trusted Christ as Savior. And they need to. Pray, Lord, you get a hold of their heart, that they'd walk the aisle, they'd grab my hand and just say, Pastor, I'd like to be saved. We'll take the word of God, show them how they can have eternal life. Lord, there were many other hands that went up. The people that you've spoken to during this message with your word and your spirit. Father, I pray that uh, they would respond to you. I pray, Lord, that business would be done with a holy God this morning. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you, Lord. Give us the strength to do that which is right and pleasing in your sight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.